Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, and as I mentioned, uh, Mal Brown's going to join us, the father of Campbell Brown, uh, regarding a huge reunion that's happening over here in Perth on Saturday. And uh, we featured some of the snippets involving Mal Brown and his colourful time in Australian rules football as a coach and as a player. And I threw it out there, has there been any more colourful, controversial character in the history of Australian rules football. And on the temperate bedshed text line, uh, Big Al from North Lake, uh, Alex says, Wacko Jackson. Mark Jackson wasn't far behind. Malcolm Gregory Brown, Jason Akamanis wasn't far behind as well. There's a couple there and just some others. Uh, the best Mel Brown story was when he was banned from the footy ground. So then he got in a uh, cherry picker with a cage to be lifted over the fence. What a character. That's Mike. He did actually he was banned from coaching, I think, South Fremantle in the WAFL and wasn't allowed inside Fremantle Oval. So they got a cherry picker outside the ground and they lowered him where, of course, the actual case did not touch the ground and he addressed his troops that way. You don't see those sort of things these days. Uh, Crackers Keenan is also another one that's been mentioned. Get on the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Malcolm Gregory Brown's going to join us in just a moment. Uh, just a before we speak to Brett Phillips, there has been a club statement released from the Collingwood Football Club regarding Jordan Dugowie. If you haven't heard the news, uh, the Collingwood Football Club advises player Jordan Dugowie has been granted personal leave by the club and will not take part in the round 15 match against the GWS Giants to be played on Sunday, June 26. Jordan has been absent from training this week and the club will continue to support him on his return to the football program. So that's the latest on what's been you know, a major story in the AFL with Jordan Dugowie. A major story will be uh, who will win Wimbledon. We'll know probably in just over two weeks' time. Next Monday gets underway at the All England Club, and a man that's going to be right across it is uh, Brett Phillips from uh, SEN, of course, our tennis expert and the host of the first serve. Brett, thanks for your time. Uh, thank you, Pete. Nice to chat. Well, the tennis world is really a buzz as Serena Williams looms with the big comeback at Wimbledon. Yeah, she does. Um, we weren't quite sure if she was going to uh, get back, Peter, but. Look, uh, it's going to be fascinating. I think, you know, once the draw comes out and players start to scan and have a look and see they're maybe on the same side of the draw as Serena, <clears throat> excuse me, they might be thinking, hmm, you know, this is uh, probably a play you don't want to go up against, even though <clears throat> she's coming in a bit underdone. Playing doubles this week with Om Shabur, uh, just to get a bit of touch and feel on the grass. And she has had a few weeks, um, you know, trying to get a conditioning, uh, just get a feel for the game again. Uh, but she's a champion and she wouldn't be coming back if she didn't think she could, you know, possibly uh, win a, a fairy tale 24th major, even though I, you know, I just, I've, I've sort of reiterated this for a little while, Peter, and I think it's just, you know, mission impossible for mine uh, for her to win seven matches 
in a fortnight. We saw last year going down with injury at Wimbledon. Interestingly, this year, you will remember back 12 months ago, uh, centre court and court one, which traditionally you're never allowed to practice on, right? Those courts never get touched from uh, year to year. And they are as slippery as anything. And the Serena went down with the injury. We thought mm. a lot of players uh, slipping around. And, yeah, they've certainly opened up those two courts, I think, to have some practice sessions uh, prior to Wimbledon, just to scuff them up a bit and make uh, the footing a little bit more solid underneath. But, yeah, look, it's uh, it's added something, hasn't it? Because right now we've got, you know, Iga Sviantec so far clear as the world number one. You know, a pack underneath who none of those are convincing me they could possibly win Wimbledon. So Serena just adds some intrigue to the draw because of who she is and what she's done. What about the Australians? There's a heap going through qualifying at the moment to try and get into the main draw. Have you got the latest on that? I think there's as many as seven only on the women's side. Yeah, we had uh, started with 11 overnight and seven got through, which is a, a pretty good result. I think we'll, we'll take that. And there's a couple, uh, you know, Gadecki lost a really close one. There's a couple that went down pretty narrowly. So Qualies is tough. At uh, Roehampton, of course, about five uh, five miles down the road there in London, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. But you've got to earn your earn your victories to get into the main draw of uh, Wimbledon. And yeah, Jason Kubler, uh, Max Purcell, Rinky Hijikata, uh, first time for Rinky, who I'm a massive fan of, uh, getting a chance to be in Wimbledon qualies. He got through his first round, uh, but yeah, some really good stories overnight. Jamie Fuller's continuing her amazing run. I mean, she has gone from, what, 260-odd to 150 in the space of a month uh, with her success on the ITF Tour. Wins a first-up match, uh, saved a couple of match points uh, last night to get through to the second round of qualies. So, yeah, if you can get yourself into a main draw, even though they're not going to get the benefit this year of rankings points, but for a lot of those young Aussies, it's just a nice uh, paycheck uh, for some of them if they can get uh, into that first round. So yeah, that'll continue uh, later tonight. Has there been anybody really documented at this stage that's not playing at Wimbledon because there's no rankings points, Brett? No, not not that I know of. No, unless something drastically happens over the next uh, couple of days ahead of the draw and whether, you know, post the draw, there's a couple of uh, late withdrawals. I can tell you just probably one example from an Australian point of view. So Chris O'Connell is 110 in the world at the moment. I was on text with Chris uh, last night. And I noticed he wasn't in the qualifying draw. He would have been almost the top seed in that. So he's opted uh, to play two challenges from next week and then the second week of Wimbledon. Because right now he said, look, I don't necessarily need the prize money check, but I'm trying to crack the top 100. And if I go and play two challenges, whilst those fields are a little bit weaker, uh, because a lot of the players are going to be at Wimbledon, this might be my chance to crack inside the top 100. So that's the decision he's made. And and that's a decision that's probably a little easier to make around that part of the ecosystem where, you know, you can get some maybe valuable points playing in the the challenges where points maybe mean a little bit more than uh, than prize money right now. So, Mm. but I think, yeah, I think most of the players will be intact because I think once they've digested all this, Pete, they've said, hey, it's still Wimbledon. It's my chance to maybe win Wimbledon or go deep and the prize money is still going to be the same, if not a little bit more. I know we speak about Nick Kyrgios every time we have a chat, but his grass court form has been very good leading into Wimbledon. And I think he came out and said, now that there's no rankings points uh, in this major, it actually releases the pressure a bit on him. So he's no doubt comfortable financially, 
But uh, Nick yeah. Kyrgios, for me, and I said this to a couple of other people, it could be a bit of a surprise packet on the grass. Well, I'll put it to you this way, Pete. I mean, look, he, he can win most of these matches he's been playing the last few weeks. Where's he gone? Stuttgart to Hull to um, Majorca this week. I mean, he can win these matches with his eyes closed. That's how talented this guy is. So, uh, But he gets to that sort of semi-final stage and something sort of goes a little pear-shaped where it gets a little tougher, he gets frustrated, the temperament loses its way, and he loses a match. I mean, he could have won those two uh, titles the last two weeks at both those respective events. So there's no doubt if he gets a pretty good draw, he could be through to the fourth round of Wimbledon in the blink of an eye. But still not convincing me personally that he can go the duration of any tournament right now. But who knows? So he does He does play well on grass, I agree. I mean, his serve is arguably the best in the business. And, you know, you get value for shots on grass because it zips through. But whether he can hold it together mentally above the shoulders, that's still the million-dollar yeah. question. Is there going to be any major stories that come out of Wimbledon? If you had to forecast something that could uh, develop, as we know, we've got the Russian-Belarusian <laughs> exodus. But yeah. uh, I've got a feeling that there's something very, very... S- interesting that will come out of Wimbledon because it's such a different tournament this time around? Yeah, well, it's a great uh, great question. I mean, you know, who would have seen a, an Emma Raducanu last year? I mean, no one could forecast that. You know, she was 334 in the world and made a fourth round. Uh, went down to Isla Tomjanovic, of course, and then went on to play Barty in the quarters. But um, there'll, there'll be... There'll be someone that emerges. There always is. It's just really hard to forecast that mm. uh, pre, uh, pre-tournament. But look, the thing about Wimbledon, it is, I mean, it's the must, it's the must watch of any of the slams because of the fact that, you know, just, it's just grass court tennis. Watching grass court tennis is, is brilliant. Um, we love it. There's not a big enough season. Uh, there should be really a Masters 1000 on grass, I think, to extend that grass court season. Yeah. Um, but we're going to see, yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's Serena um, mm. going above above and beyond and doing something. I mean, if she if she won a twenty fourth major at forty years of age, that is the sporting story of the year, I think. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, that'd no, be quite amazing. Uh, and having a look at the Australians, of course, from a male's perspective, uh, how many we've got, of course, Alex Demonor and co. You wouldn't think that the Australians on the men's side of the draw will probably go too deep. Well, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, right now we've got eight inside the top 100, which is, you know, it's been a long time since we've had eight, but a lot of those are in that 50 to 100 bracket who are all capable of much better, I think. Um, and look, we keep saying about Alex Demonor, if he can just get a kind draw, because he had, he had a good period on the grass. This time last year, he was runner-up at Queens, won Eastbourne, where he is this week. And then he uh, drew Sebastian Corder in a really tough first-round match. I uh, would love to kind of match up than that. So if Demon can get a, a couple of matchups early that are favourable and he gets through to a third or fourth, he loves the value of playing on the grass because he takes the ball early and he, he rips it through the court. So he's still, he's still our top billing. He's still our, our greatest chance because mm. the rest haven't quite been good enough, to be honest, to really go deep in a major. I see Storm Sanders, the West Australian, won a, uh, a doubles tournament uh, just a few days ago. So that's a great effort by Storm. I think with a partner, was she playing with the, the Russian girl? No, she was oh, playing the Slovakian with... Slovakian uh, girl. 
No, 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 just uh, the check. The check. <laughs> I was close. Yeah. Geographically, <laughs> I was getting there. You're in the you're in the region, Pete. Yeah. About that, uh, Katerina Siniakina, yeah, That's former it. world number one, and. Look, Storm's got an interesting decision to make, I reckon. I'd love to know what her mindset is, Peter, because she's now up to 12 in the world in doubles, second 500 title after she wow. won with Ash in Adelaide earlier this year. And her singles, I spoke to her on the first serve, I reckon it was October last year. She got to 119. She was on the cusp. She was playing really good singles tennis, lefty. You thought she can crack double figures here. The uh, singles ranking has plummeted back outside the top 200 now. She's 27, I think, better turn 28. And if you're if you're at the pointy end of women's doubles, the paychecks are pretty decent. Mm. And it'll be an interesting one to see where she leans from here because I think she's still capable of playing good singles. She won overnight in qualies for Wimbledon. Um, so we'll wait, wait and see. It's an interesting watch. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, good on you, Brett. Well, uh, catch up on your sleep because you won't be getting much uh, from the two weeks starting on uh, Monday and of course you'll have all the information on the the first serve and you've probably got other media commitments as well around Wimbledon because you're the best in the business. Thanks for joining us mate. Uh, pleasure anytime Pete, you know that. Good Thank on you. you. Uh, 22 past five here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, Brett Phillips just giving us an early look at Wimbledon only because there's so many Australians at the moment going through qualities. Madison Inglis, uh, the West Australian, is there, as is the other West Australian, Astra Sharma. Storm Sanders, we've heard about. So uh, there's some interesting uh, West Australian people and players currently in qualities trying to get into the main draw at Wimbledon. And watch it uh, pretty closely. Mal Brown's going to join us next. Um, Has he been, as I said at the top of the show, the most colourful and controversial character ever? to put on the boots or certainly to be in charge of a uh, football team. Of course, he coached four WAFL clubs. See if you can name them. See if you can name the four WAFL clubs that Mal Brown coached. I, I can't recall anybody coaching more than four in the local league, but Brownie did. Can you name them? Uh, get on the temperate bedshed text line. 0487-736-736. And also give us an idea. If you had to look at the most colourful and controversial character in AFL football at the moment, right now, who would that be? And I'd like to make a comparison between now and then. And speaking of then, Mal Brown joins us next here on Drive. It's 23 past five.